podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just 2 bucks on the one 2 3 menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. When you're ready to ride Metro, we want you to know we're ready for you. Here are just a few of the people at Metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe. We're cleaning like never before. We're hospital-grade cleaning. You'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the Metro. No mask, no Metro. Need one? We have a few extras. At Metro, we're doing our part to keep the D.C. area moving. Find out more at wmata.com slash doing our part. What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! First hand here to Son. Kane. Good area for Spurs. Kane's not afraid to shoot. Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane. That is exceptional. Who will try and place it. Wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Terry in the Burnley back line, and Son breaks forward. Oh, wow, what a run. Yermin Son from inside his own half has scored one of the best goals of his Spurs career. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the latest episode. You know what? We've got to work on the name of the pod at some point, you know? Yeah. That's, that's a hard thing to do. I realise I've sat there, I've sat there like at the drawing board trying to think of different ways to remix Touchline and Tottenham and mm. hey, it's harder than it looks, I can't lie. Proper, proper. Like on, on one hand, like you could argue Touchline Hotspur works because it sounds similar to Tottenham Hotspur, but we we do we might have to sprinkle some sauce on it somehow. Maybe next yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, the sauce, yeah. The sauce has to come. The sauce will come. The sauce will come. <laughs> we got the sauce in the past. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> How you guys doing this week, though, man? Doing good, man. Doing good. Doing good. I yeah, see. Man. I see. See the man. Then been writing for the athletic and that. It's crazy, it's crazy. Trendsetters, trendsetters, trendsetters. How you doing, Owen? You good? 
Yeah, I'm very well. Uh, first game back of uh, six aside, literally just now, and ended up getting quadruple lung failure. And clearly, <laughs> I'm not built for this heat. So, so I'm, I'm a little bit lack, but we're out here. You've got to get that two-beat pre-season in here. <laughs> oh, mate. <laughs> oh, hi, all. How you doing, my bro? Man. I'm just... I'm right, you know, trying to obviously rugby season's coming. Like the coach is going to finish us, so I went for a went for a run in the rain the other day, which I've never done before. But when them raindrops touch your jaw, yeah, very, <laughs> very deep. Always, my, my runs are the square in it. So when I run the first three directions, it's all right. But then when you come the opposite way oh, to the, cool yeah, yeah. Yo, I didn't know if it was sweat, blood, bogeys. I don't know. But <laughs> just got to run through the pain. Hi. I, I'm, doing, I'm not as uh, not as healthy as you guys. Clearly, the only running I do is for the training back. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> decent, so it's been decent. So looking forward to the show. Good week, yeah. Tops. Yeah, man. I'm good. Uh, busy week. I'm I'm done for a little while now. So just uh, happy to be back on the pod with you guys. Nice, 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 nice. Yeah. Good to hear. Um, shouts out to everyone to society and the rest. Everyone who's not here today. But it was, it was a good week, I think, for Spurs, all things considered. Probably we can start at the last game. Got the 1-1 um, the one, one against Crystal Palace. I don't know. Um, Ty, do you want to take us through that one? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think we've done our predictions for the Palace game. I think we was all expecting a win. Well, I mean, I was. Yeah. It was unbeaten in the last seven or eight. And what we saw was pretty dreadful. Um, <laughs> it was a real bore-fest yeah, good goal to to kick us off with Harry Kane again, our bagsman back. But apart from that, we didn't really do anything. I can't remember the game, you know. Apart from the two <laughs> goals, I don't remember much else happening. It was, really, but it was a boring end to the season. Yeah, but I mean, top uh, top six secured. That's it, man. That's the main thing. So on balance, yeah, I guess that is that is the main thing, or that's how it feels. In fact, I, I think we had some conversations about whether it would have been better not to get into Europa League. I know Sai's not here. I think he was the main one saying that. But yeah, I mean, um, now that we're there, I, it just feels like a victory to be in there, man. I know it's not the end of the season that we all would have wanted, but all things considered, like being 14th when Poch left, I think it's a, it's a good thing on balance. Yeah, we would it would have been just our luck to finish 7th and then Arsenal finish 10th but win the FA Cup and then yeah. we would have just been holding banter <laughs> until for the, rest, until the end of for next no season. reason. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? So, so I think yeah. I'd rather, it's, it sounds pedantic, but I would rather finish sixth and slog it out in the Europa than have that man try and banter us from way down south. They're rubbing shoulders with, with Burnley and them. I don't want to, I don't want to hear from them. Cause... <laughs> <laughs> like the, boys, the boys down the road, they seem stressed out. I can't lie. Like it's not looking good for them over there. <laughs> it's not looking good, man. Like They're in free fall right now. Literally, just... no parachute. It's a sticky one, steel for them. <laughs> so we've got um, Kane, Kane and Mourinho nominated for um, Player of the Month and Manager of the Month, respectively. Do you guys mm-hmm. think that's deserved? Yeah, nominations. I don't know if either of them will win it. I mean, Kane got six goals in seven games in July. Mm-hmm. So I think he's in with a fair shot. Yeah, I mean, I think only Sterling probably deserves it a bit more. I would say Sterling had a really good end to the season, but 
I mean, Kane after not playing for six months, he's he's been amazing since he's come back. So, yeah, yeah good to see our boys nominated for something good for us. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a positive. It's definitely a positive. And uh, Mourinho, I'm I'm not really sure how he's how he's got in there to be honest. But <laughs> oh, you know what, the Don the Don is so shameless. Like if you see the way he celebrated at the end of that Palace game. <laughs> <laughs> like that's how I know that like levels of God, man. You're like, lucky you didn't pass out the champs <laughs> and start doing knee slides, man. It's it's mad <laughs> with him, like he he's so shameless, but it's not as if like the stats haven't backed him. So mm-hmm. he like he has every right to like to be behaving or even to be in with a shout with you know this manager of the month award. I suppose this last sort of four or five games after the Sheffield United game. We have kind of turned it around and he has kind of been, he's had the squad sort of regalvanized or rejuvenated. And, you know, we've kind of ended on a, on a decent run, you know. Like, as I said, like previously on Twitter, like we've, we were 14th to start with and he's got Kane scoring again and we finished sixth. And, you know, we've got European competition to possibly look forward to and, you know, potential funding from European competition. So he ain't really going to complain, you know. So. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, um, do you guys think anybody else had a good game in the um, Crystal Palace game, apart from Harry Kane? I say Lo Celso had a very good first half. He had another, another assist there again for the stat watchers. He did, he did. <laughs> <laughs> he's padding them up, he's padding them up. When he went off in the second half as well, and Bergwijn took over that advanced role. Like mm-hmm. we, I mean, the game just kind of died anyway, because yeah. all, like, all the players were tired, but... I was hoping all also his influence on the team. Obviously, when he went off in the second half, that we didn't really look like yeah. creating that much from deep. I don't think Stevie really impressed in that cameo. Like, um, obviously, it was it wasn't the best game for him no. to to feature in. But it's tough. It's tough for him to get going. Like, a off the yeah. bench um, and b just when we're clearly trying to shut up shop. Stevie wants us to when I think Stevie's at his best when we're either properly on the break like you know two on two or three on three or whatever or like we're playing like a bit progressively um, so I don't know if I can fault him for that one too much because his style is very opposite end of the spectrum to the game plan that we were doing at the time mm. you know what I mean I think I was probably I think I was probably more relieved that Oria just looked okay against Zaha, to be honest. Yeah. Genuinely what I was probably more worried about. And he, I'm not gonna say he locked him down per se, but he, he did okay. You know? Kept him yeah. fairly quiet, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I think Schlop even gave him more problems than Zaha. Yeah, did. no, he did. Schlop was, <laughs> yeah. was decent. Yeah, Slot was on he was he was causing us some problems in that game. I mean, um, Another person I wanted to bring up was uh, Alderweireld. Um, I thought he had a really good game as well. But there were times when I was just thinking, is he going to be our main starting centre-forward next season? And I, I just wondered what you guys thought, like what would be our, our starting centre-forward pairing next season? Centre-forward? I swear we've done that before. Remember when Gary Doherty used to go up top? In the oh, <laughs> Just send him up top, man. Send him up top. We'll launch it. Bro, Alderweire would up there, man. Boy, do you know, remember when when Stuart when Stuart Pierce had John Macken on the bench and he threw David James up top? <laughs> it was the wildest thing I've ever seen in my life. I must have been about 10. I was like, what the fuck is this guy doing, bro? Did we lose that game 4-3? Yeah, we even lost. Bro. Mad. 
<laughs> even Klopp, didn't Klopp do that one time with like Quarka or someone crazy like that? It wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me, bro. Anything can happen at Liverpool. I've seen, I've seen Pepe <laughs> Reina play. I saw Pepe Reina play centre mid in pre-season, bro. <laughs> but anyway, back to centre. Um, can we see to- Toby based on current form? I think has to be starting CB. How old is Toby now? 31? Like 31 or 32, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think this is like like the back end of the prime. He's not, mm. like he did, he did, the, he's declined definitely. Like he's not as bet, he's not as good as he was, but he's definitely, like the improvement has been unreal um, since the restart. You know, this is someone who wasn't really getting starts. Realistically, we're going to see, you know, Sanchez and Dyer for a while, which which is worrying. Um but I think you need if if Toby is now settled in the fact that he's going to be one of the experienced ones in the dressing room, leading some of the younger lot. Um, I'm sure we'll touch on on King Ledley coming back. But you know I feel like Ledley's going to be looking to someone like Toby to sort of get his messages across really loud and clear in defence as well. So yeah, and I think Toby has to be like the main centre back in the two. Do you think it will be him and Dyer or him and Sanchez in that case? I think mm. it depends on the opposition. If the other team yeah. have a quick striker, he might want Sanchez in for his pace. Um, I think that's what we've seen so far. Mm. Um, but I think going forward next season, we're slowly going to see Alderweireld get phased out, I think. Um, especially with the Europa League. Um, hopefully if we get another centre-back, I don't know about this South Korean brother, but if we get another actual centre-back that we've seen play before, um, Alderweireld might not play in the Europa League games and we save him on a weekly basis so he's not playing too much. I think that would be the best foot forward for us because every time I think of Alderweireld this season, I just see flashbacks of Danny Ings putting man on his knees. Oh. <laughs> I want to see that. Again, oh. again. So there's a lot of work to be done in every area of the pitch now. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Like, I think um, centre-back for us is a key area. I know we've got good centre-backs there. I just don't think we've got a good pairing at the moment. I think that's where we're struggling. So far, like just to find that that um, consistency, yeah. Um, but yeah, as you touched on before, we go into like some some awards or like what we think of like the season. Ledley King joining the backroom staff, man. What do you guys think of that? Like, um, I know we were we were throwing out like lots of different names of people that we want in different roles in the backroom staff. But I mean, Ledley King, that's not really one that came up. I don't think was it. No, I don't think so. Like, it was weird. I, for some reason, I actually thought he was already part of like sort of the back coaching stuff, but I didn't. I didn't think it was an official official thing. But mm-hmm. because I, I, I'm sure I'd seen pictures like somewhere I of him ambassador uh, at, a, at a training grounds like this. So I was, I was maybe like, hmm. he'd done a bit um, of under eighteen work in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think because when when the Jose thing popped up, I was I did a look into it. And I remember. Ledley come out and said a little while back that he just wanted a break, didn't feel like he was ready at the time. So I'm yeah. sure it's probably been a work in progress since probably before restart. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I know to my knowledge. Yeah, I'm reading a piece from um, Alistair Gold, like really good journalist on Twitter about Tottenham. <clears throat> and he was saying about Ledley King a few years ago, he talked to him about maybe joining, um, doing his coaching badges and joining the backroom staff of Spurs. And he was saying, not interested, have, don't care about being a coach or anything like that. So it'll be interesting to see what effect Mourinho had on um, Ledley King coming in. Because yeah. on paper, it looks like, you know, our best defender, I don't think 
undoubtedly. Like he was our best yeah. defender when he yeah. played. Yeah, well, in my lifetime, so it should work on paper. Whether it does, who knows? It's interesting you say that as well because I think um, when I was watching Mourinho talk about it, he said something about like um, Levy King was he's willing to do all of the badges or anything it takes like to be part of the backroom staff now as well. So yeah, I think that does indicate sort of that that one eighty spin like maybe from from the direction he was headed in before. I'm sure he was ambassador. I can't remember. I need, I need to check that. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's a, a very good move, especially since um, Mourinho seems to be that kind of defensive coach. And like, um, you know what they say about Ledley King's knees. So I feel like he had a, a, that, that control of, of like more of the mental side of the game as well, which is probably something you can share, something you can give Dyer, you can give Alderweireld, um, especially I would say Sanchez and maybe Oriente. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's, it's good. It's definitely good. It's a positive thing. I think um, it'll be really good. He's going to be doing more training sessions as a coach than he did as a player. So, Cord Ledley's knees, eh? Jesus. I think, I think it would also be really good for Tanganga as well, just after signing a contract and getting someone who, because he does, and I feel like he prefers to play CB. So having like a young up-and-coming CB listening to like effectively a club legend like you said arguably our best defender ever or at least that we've all seen I think that should be really good for Tanganga's development as well just just lastly sorry um, I feel like there could obviously I don't know Ledley's personality inside out but I don't know there could be maybe another reason Hose has brought him in is to like dovetail in a sort of good cop bad cop kind of way Mm. because I know I'm not I'm not going to say to connect but I know someone I'm friends with someone's sister who used to play, who plays for United. And the way Jose used to treat certain man, it was like he stepped on his mum's neck four times a day. For no reason whatsoever. And it annoys me that people say, oh, that's just his style. You've got to get used to it. Didn't mm. work for Martial. Didn't work for Pop. Like, it doesn't work for everyone. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. So maybe he needs the balance of the more arm on the shoulder kind of person. Maybe that's where Levy's going to come in slightly younger. Like you know, a bit more in touch with the youth as he's worked with the under 18s and stuff like that. So that could potentially be another factor. So I'm thinking maybe like Ndombele should benefit <laughs> from that kind of situation if if this oh, is yeah. Yeah, if this is true. Because um yeah, it seems like to me as well. It seems like he does this at every club he's been at. Like he always picks. From my perspective, anyway, he picks one of the best talents. It's almost like he's just letting everyone know, like I'm I'm the big dog around there, like. He's just trying to pick on the biggest talent, the biggest name, and then make them feel like they're not needed or they're not necessary in order to make everybody else feel like, wow, like how, how, how much chosen me like over that person almost? Like I need to give 150%, 200%, 300%. So yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Obviously, that's just me looking from the outside in. And hopefully, we get a better perspective into that in this Amazon documentary because, I mean, there's not really much else to look forward to there, is there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, like I think it'll be good as well because like someone like, like Ledley, like he's done it. So like you mentioned about him playing at the back end of his career, so that would be important for someone like Toby because he can obviously tell him or try and you know, sort of help him and be like, This is how you kind of wanna be looking after your body or if you want to change your game mm-hmm. in a certain way as you get older. But then also for someone like as you said, like Tanganga, like you know, them days where Lily came in and he was playing along alongside Judas, you know, and <laughs> doing his thing when he was like a young boy. So he really has seen like, you know, 
the whole process, you know, yeah. not yeah. just in England, but also internationally as well. So I think for us, it'll be massive. Like, in my opinion, like, in my lifetime, he is the best defender I've ever seen at Spurs. Like, that guy, he's like, hands down, my top two favourite Tottenham players of all time. And I'm always going to respect like, everything that, like, Harry Redknapp used to say about him. I used to be like, if Harry really, really saying this stuff, like, it, it can't not be true. And then I'll, I was getting, I, I was listening to some stuff on a podcast the other day and they were mentioning about world-class defenders and someone like popped up and said about, reminded me of this, this statement that Thierry Henry had made that like, you know, one of the toughest defenders he had ever played against like in his life. So for someone who basically had dodgy knees and mm. played basically centre-back and DM, like mm. to have that sort of, and Thierry Henry is like a killer, like, to have that sort of a compliment, you know, he, he's got to be doing something, right, you know? Yeah. I played DM for England, you know. People forget, bro. It's yeah. crazy. It's actually crazy. I think even Henri was saying, like, he was one of the only players that doesn't, like, grab you. He's not grabbing your arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Proper defender. But, man, yeah, that's, that's definitely a positive for the future as well. It's, everything's positive this week, this week, man. I don't know. It's ending good. <laughs> I thought Mourinho was going to have negative effects on the club, man. But everything's looking, the future's looking bright right now. Let's see. Um, I mean, we were talking about King being one of our best defenders that we've seen in our lifetime. In my opinion, the second best defender we've ever seen in, in my lifetime left the club, obviously, this week. Yeah, and true, that video that Tottenham mm. released, it, it hit the heartstrings, man. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, true, man. Super young. My guy, man. Super young. Super young. Now, we're, we're, I feel like we're going to miss him, man. Like, obviously, he is, he's getting older and, and it happens to everyone, man. But that period when you had Alderweireld and Vertonghen at the back, behind, like, Modric and Dembele, oh, like, oh, it was just crazy, man. Like, that is, that is the kind of spine that you can build crazy things around, man. And it's like, I, I hope it's coming again. I hope we're going to see something like that happen again under, um, like, King and Mourinho, man. I think the foundations are definitely there. Yeah, I hear that, I hear that. Hold on, whose dog is that? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's when you're ready to ride Metro, we want you to know we're ready for you. Here are just a few of the people at Metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe. We're cleaning like never before. We're hospital-grade cleaning. You'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the metro. No mask, no metro. Need one? We have a few extras. At Metro, we're doing our part to keep the D.C. area moving. Find out more at wmata.com slash doing our part. I was just thinking about that whole thing. I do actually yes. miss Harry Redknapp's compliments as well. You know, you say complimented Harry, look, Harry. Deadly King. Deadly. Like, even if we had a defender like David Luiz myself or something, he'd be like, oh, well, he's a top, top player. He'll come back. sometimes a bit silly, but he's a top, top player, you know. Terrific. Just on the topic of Jan, like, I think, obviously, love everything he did for the club. Can never say a bad word about him. But the man deserved more, man. He mm. deserved at least one medal. Yeah, he, he deserves way, way more. Way, way more, man. He deserved it, man. Like, it, it, I feel sorry for him that he is left without any, 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 any trophies. Like, it, all he's got is the nostalgia trophy, and that's it. Mm. He's got that Audi thing. 
That was just fantastic. Look at the TT. You know, like you know, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna speak on it, but it's criminal that there's like a group of players that we had that no, we real. hit at like yeah. sweet spot and didn't win nothing, man. I just, for real, it's hard, but you just have to just try and forget it and just hopefully you just go again. New squad, we've got a new stadium, new new manager. Let's just move with positivity for the new season. Like I'm gonna miss Jan as well because it's amazing, like. As, as, a, as a Tottenham fan, you always want them to just do their best and you want them to fight for you. Even if you lose, you want them to fight. Mm. So when I, when I watched that video and he said his favourite game was that was the battle of the bridge, that's when I knew that he understood. <laughs> he under, that's, when, that's when I knew that he understood what it is to be a, mm. a Tottenham player because he realised that he hates Chelsea. He knows that we, what we were going for and every man was fighting for each other under Pochettino in that match. Mm. And even though we lost, like imagine him saying that that was his favourite game in his whole whole time at Spurs. Eight, nine years. That's that's amazing, man. Yeah, it's like, crazy. It's crazy, man. What do you think his, his best moments were like for you guys? Hmm. Anything that's... his first season where he just scored all of those goals and we thought... <laughs> <laughs> well, when he was playing left back, uh, um, was it behind Bale, I think? Yeah. 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 Mm. He was playing like dial right back that season as well. Like <laughs> crazy, four centre back, destroying everyone. <laughs> I'd I'd probably say for me personally, Vertonghen, his assist in his goal against Dortmund. Mm-hmm. Like this season, I just I love last minute winners. I just I it just I just need it injected into my veins. So the last minute winner in the rain against Wolves. Yeah. Oh, that oh, east side celebration. Oh, the east side celebration. It's the best. It's the best. The best. Trust me. You know what moment I'm probably feeling? Yeah, when Aubameyang missed the pen. Oh, I was just thinking. When Aubameyang missed the pen and Vertonghen moved to, uh, he was illegally in the box. The That's what made it even sweeter as well. You know, all the Arsenal fans talking about it. They were all crying over Tongan. I was like, shut up your mouth. I don't care. <laughs> shut up. You always seem stupid like this as well. Just <laughs> Yeah, he's done the real simple <laughs> one. I think, I think that one, yeah. that one is probably, that was probably my fave. That and he, I think he had some mad last minute tackle on Marco Royce um, against Dortmund one time. It would, be, it would be between those two. Probably the Arsenal one, but yeah, man. <laughs> Rolls Royce defender. Yeah, man. Proper, mm. proper. And don't forget, he actually initially rejected going to Arsenal in the first place. Mm-hmm. I remember, like, he was about to join Arsenal and then they were saying something about, oh, he may have to start playing holding midfield when he joined. And it was just, oh, OK, I'll go Tottenham. Oh, fair play. That's... You're the right choice, man. Definitely. You're for me, the right choice. So let's do, um, let's go into, like, I guess our version of awards of the season or review of the season. Um, I just wanted to throw some some topics out there from a thread. <laughs> I think it was ish, from Jonathan Veal, Jonathan D Veal eight three, giving some some love there. Praise but yeah, I want to I want to throw out some of his questions. So like, um, you got you got the normal ones. I mean, like the best goal. I don't think anybody's gonna argue about that one. We all agree, Son Burnley. Yeah, Son Bergman. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I mean, I see, I see. Was, uh, was Bergman, wasn't it? Or Bergman. Yeah, yeah. that was a bang goal. But no, it has to be Son. It has to be Son. 
I, I say from from for the rest of the Christians, like let's we can just throw out um yeah, throw out some nominations and then we just vote in it for, for who wins. But um player of the year? Harry Kane. Ooh. I think it's tight. I'll say Harry Kane. I'm going for Sun. If you had asked me for, for... before the lockdown, I would have said Sun for sure. Mm. I'm going for Sun. I'm going for Sun. So I think Ohio, you got the. Did you say Kane or? I said Kane as well, yeah. Oh, so that's all right, cool. We'll give it Kane then. Um, <laughs> because just because he, 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 he gets buffed and he, he just keeps plugging away, he never stops. Everyone's like, oh, my man's finished. He's like, okay, wait for me. That's what he does. <laughs> That's it, man. Fantastic. Say watch. <laughs> Look, then. It, it, it almost drives him, man. Honestly, it I, I see a stat like that he played every minute of every game since he came back or something like he that. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. He's, he's insane, insane, insane well, What do you expect when well, there's no one on the bench for him, though? Like, there's no one to replace him. What, what, what does he expect? Like, he has to play. Like, you know what I mean? He's yeah. like padlocked to the pitch. <laughs> I, I still don't get. I'll never get why Trey Parrott doesn't come on though, especially well, like with that news of he was injured for most of the lockdown. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was getting no love early season though. Like, no. Yeah, nothing, yeah, nothing. He ended the last season on a of a bit of a high with coming in with Pochettino, <laughs> and then <laughs> that just got nipped in the bud, man. The last time when Mourinho first came in as well, and fans were obviously calling him. <laughs> and he, you know what I'm going to say as well. He turned around and was just like, what, what are these fans on about? None of them have seen him play. It's so annoying because it's so... What's off this? What's He's off just this? sat there like, what are you lot talking about? Like, no, <laughs> like, you're just talking it's true. He's 18, bro. Like, well, it's true. A, a, a lot of what he would say, is, he has every right to say it. It's like, this is a kid who we clearly know like has a decent prospect, but has basically played no top, top level football. So how are we supposed to know that he's if he comes in automatically, he's just going to do a Rashford and hit the ground running, you know? Mm. Mm. Uh, who was the biggest flop? <sighs> oh... I know who it is. I just don't want to say his name. No one wants to say it, bro. <laughs> nah, nah, I'm, no, I'm no, going to throw out. No, 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 I'm going to go for the safe even. option. I'm going to go you for the safe option. You, man, don't even think about it. Don't even I'm going to throw out. Don't even think about it. Watch. That's oh, a good shout. You know what? That's a, that's a, that, I think <laughs> that's a decent shout. That's you know, like... Poch was the biggest flop, man. I can't... For me, I can't put Ndombele under the bus like that. Nah. Can't do it. Impossible, impossible, impossible. I think it was Poch, man, because... Going into the season, I thought the stars were aligned, man. I thought, I thought, I thought, cool. We were a bit Spursy in the final of the Champions League, but it happens. You know what I mean? And we've, and we've been there a million times. And I thought, but to get to the final shows some progression. And I thought we were we were going to kick on from there. So it was, it was disappointing that that period, especially like the few games before he got sacked. That was the worst. That was the low point for me, man. Mm. I think just to put a bit of a twist on that one. Mm. Um, I think maybe if I stayed potentially largest descent from where they were sort of um, admired from last season, mm-hmm. on the lowest low key, Sissoko's standing in the team has probably gone down. Not in terms of him; he's obviously going to start every week because of yeah. what he does. Yeah. But um, you know, last season, I think you know he came into the team like he was people worried about him being sold. He's coming. He's just he's just everywhere. Enforcer. Just snapping people in midfield, taking the ball, starting counters, etc. 
Whereas, and maybe I'm being a little bit harsh by saying descent, but I think this year, I think he just, his lack of technical, people, teams just sort of remembered that when he's at centre mid, if you pressure him, nothing's on. Mm. So obviously last year, yeah. when he come in, everyone was like, all right, he hasn't played for time. Oh shit. Because he's the epitome of PMP in centre mid. Like, yeah. literally, you can't, he's like a wardrobe that moves at high speed. It's nuts. But then teams were like, okay, well, a wardrobe can't turn. A wardrobe isn't going to pop off or pass through the lines. Like, so he got found out, which to an extent is his fault. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'd say biggest descent in terms of like team impact is probably Sissoko. And I, I don't know but, if I'm saying that in a bad way, just an observation. Saying on Sissoko, that's another thing from the Palace game. How can man pull his hammy from a bad first touch? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only Sissoko can do something like that. Man, no, it's so unfortunate, man. Because it would have to be him. It's just like, oh, you can't even defend it. Ever. Yeah, you can't. Even though he left in January, Christian Eriksen. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Waste. Like, uh, yeah. Just no point. Like, no point. Like, I, the best moments this, this season, but on the whole, see, dreadful, man. Only, like, only disappointment with Eriksen is that it felt like he actually stopped trying. I feel well, like, that's, that's the thing. And why did Pochettino continue playing him, man? This is the thing. As a professional, I ju- you just you just shouldn't do that. Like I get if your motivation is a bit low, but you're a high level pro. Like your intrinsic motivation has to activate. Like Coutinho, everyone knew Coutinho wanted to bounce, but he was like, you know what? I'm going to do my due diligence. I'll Still get spamming in goals. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like we would have. There just would have been a bit more respect towards Ericsson had he just, yeah. you know, proper put in the graph before leaving. We'd have been like, you know what? You wanted to leave, but you did your thing. We respect you. Off you go. Do you know what I mean? It's just the way he just performed. That the downturn was just was quite oh. sad. You know, it was. It was. Um, what else we got here? I think some of these are just so obvious. Like best performance, we definitely would go for Burnley. Um, right, what was the the biggest like what the fuck moment in the whole season? Mm-hmm. I think they were Mourinho being hired, probably. <laughs> Mourinho, Mourinho was definitely yeah, the, the Mourinho hiring Pochettino. South Swift, they came about as well. Do you um, do you remember the um, the whole uh, is it Christian Eriksen's wife thing or whatever was going on there? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> that was fucking, That was crazy. That was crazy. Was that even true? Like I don't know. Like how did that even turn <laughs> into a thing, man? That was <laughs> that was mad. Vatongan <laughs> Vatongan turned up with a black eye, and then somebody was like, "Yeah, he's been, he's been packing out." <laughs> where did you not get this like? I just, sometimes you have, you have to wonder these in the know guys where the hell do they get this stuff right? like, I completely rubbish. forgot about this I hope they address this in the documentary <laughs> 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 alright so that's two things to look forward to in the documentary <laughs> as well what that happened it's like some East Enders shit, man. That was crazy. And it's like, I think they even had to do like a statement or something. Like, crazy. <laughs> but no, but you know some of these Belgian, man, they move mad, though. Remember Courtois and KDB, bro? Yeah, that's <laughs> true as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you never know, innit? But nah, that, that, was, that was probably the biggest thing. Yeah, that was. black eye, I think it's still unexplained. <laughs> to to he, this day. He banged the tongue good for All right, what about the best... Jose moment. Um, Best Jose moment. Brilliant. The fight between the recent Sun Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I have to put in a little nomination for intelligent cunts, man. I, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that shit, man. I think I another, one, another one was when um, I think Paul Merson must have said Kane's not going to ban goals under Mourinho. And then Mourinho just started list, listing off strikers in seasons that they scored when he wasn't there. <laughs> I can't believe wrong stats and shit. <laughs> no, he was moving like Trump. He was moving crazy that day. <laughs> None of the journalists pulled him on it. He said it was such, got such panache. He was having himself. Well, I, started, I say he started talking about Joe by 100 goals. And, like, he was just saying anything. Oh, no, he was talking about non-penalty goals, didn't he? Yeah, he was going crazy. He was going crazy. Uh, his, his, yeah, his Bruno Fernandes comment was quite funny uh, recently when he was talking about, um, what do you say? Someone asked him, but I think they brought up Bruno again because we missed that. And he was like, yeah, they've got, they've got a really good player who's, who's really good at taking penalties. Cause like, <laughs> <laughs> no shade, no shade. <laughs> yeah. Love it, love it. What do you guys think of Bruno, though? Do you think we missed out? Like, honestly, I think more, more than anything to me, the player who he reminds me of in our team right now, I think most people would think I'm going to say Lasoso. But for me, honestly, it's Deli Ali. When Deli Ali was in top form, he, he did a lot of the things that Bruno Fernandes does now for me, in that he tried to do the quick flick ons, he tried, he looked for the forward pass, he tried to be in space. You know what I mean? Like, he, I just feel like there's, there's a lot of similarities between how their game was when Deli Ali was at his best obviously not right now yeah that's another convo entirely I think, no, I, think I think I think we did miss out with Bruno still because you know no matter what role you want to try and put him whether it's at 10 whether it's playing deeper with Winks or Sissoko or whatever like that is an extra piece of technical ability we're missing midfield that's another progressive pass we're missing out it's another person who wants to receive the ball mm. wants to run forward wants to score goals so you know, like uh, it is a bit funny the way they talk about him misplacing passes and the way Pogba misplaces passes. But mm, mm, yeah. not <laughs> <laughs> me. But um, now I would say, I'd say yeah, we missed out. But it is what it is. Do you know what I mean? Like they got him now. They're paying him the racks. We just we just got off. we got Alfie Divine in it. It's mine now. Yeah, true, true, true. Oh, Starboy, Starboy. Hey, someone get your stocks up, man. Tell me about Alfie, bro. <laughs> I can't lie. I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't know a lot about Alfie Devine, you know. I've heard his name before, definitely. Because he, he used to play for, um, was it England? In the 16s. 16s, isn't it? In the midfield, I'm I guess. In the midfield, yeah. So he played, obviously, if anyone listening, if you did or didn't see the threads that we dropped. So, like, he was Liverpool Academy. Got mm. released at 11. He's put up front. And then Wigan took him quick. Um, and then they turn, I think he moved to centre mid, so he's more box to box. Like he can play a bit deeper, but he is like I've literally only ever seen one video of this kid, and I think it was because somebody put it in a group chat after someone asked after he signed. Um, but just like visually, he's not scared to get stuck in. He's got mm. a free kick on him, happily passed between the lines, never scared to take the ball. Admittedly, it is whatever level he was playing at, and you know when kids are starting out age, the game is a lot. Uh, slower to them than it is to everyone else, you know. Yeah. yeah. But um, you know, like I said on the thread, if you're on, if you're 14 and you're playing for the under 18s and you're small and you're and you're 15 and you, to be fair, you get moved up to the under 23s and then you make your debut two months after your 15th birthday. Mm. There is something about you. Do you know what I mean? 
went to this tournament with England 16s, sport chain tournament, I've never heard of it in my life. One player of the tournament and he's one of the youngest there. Like there is there's talent there, isn't it? Do you know what I'm saying? Obviously this it's exciting to get in there before everyone else. Obviously, we'll feel sorry for Wigan going into with their financial difficulties, but the game is the game. We had to pounce, I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, Don Levi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we did pounce as well. Like, Bahia, you made an excellent point in the thread. Like, there was obviously a lot of fans kicking off. Like, why are we signing young players when we should be signing players to improve our current squad? And you were just mm. making a point in a separate tweet. We can do both. Very That's a good point as well. Like, it's a very low risk transfer from a player that actually looks like he has promise. So, fair play on uh, us for snapping him up. You got Levy doing up both. We just got to hope that he's not another guy like Ruben Loftus Cheek, and someone that bangs at youth level, then does absolutely fuck all when he turns it up. Uh, That's fired. The thing is, I don't, I don't want to give him leeway because he's a Chelsea boy. But nah, man, once, once his Achilles is fully healed, a little bit shit. Yeah, it could be, it could get mad. It could get mad. <laughs> Tyler's not having it. <laughs> yeah, but it's true though. Like you're saying, once he's a kid, it's like saying once Ndombele gets fit, he's done. Like he's gonna be. I think he's played at a level where we would we should be able to say straight away whether he's good or not. He went yeah, to yeah. Palace. He done a decent job. He's gone back to Chelsea. I don't think he's as good as people say he is. But I mean, he's still young. He has come off a big injury. There's there's a lot to there's a lot for him to prove. And with all these different signings, I mean, his his position in the team could get even, you know, that window is getting even smaller. But he is still young, and there is there does seem to be a bit of a, bit of a player there. But oh, I can't lie, man. We were just talking about guys playing with one knee, fam. I'm not having all the Achilles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not having it, man. I want to see him. I want to see him do good in it. I just ain't seen it yet. I can't lie. Do you guys want to go into some um, listeners' questions? Can yeah. end it. I just had a thick three. We got quite a, quite a bit. Well, a lot, yeah. Yeah, at least ten twenty. I haven't checked the quote the quote tweets. Uh, Ohio, do you want to take us through them? Yeah, man. I'll get a pop in. Uh, we'll start with start with tapping Tobes. Uh, he says, "Don't say Max Aaron's. Who is the realistic?" <laughs> you know, you just know the question. You know the question. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> when he said he's not saying Max Aaron's, you just know, bro. <laughs> There's other right backs besides Max Aaron's. <laughs> yeah, besides besides Aaron's, who is a realistic first right back option for us? Tough question to start. Um, I think we've had a look at this guy from Atalanta. Is it Timothy Cast? Support for this episode has been provided by Ratio Keto-Friendly Dairy Snacks. If counting macros makes your head spin, count instead on a snack by Ratio. They've done the math for you, so you can spend less time studying the label and more time enjoying your day. Creamy and delicious, try strawberry and vanilla for two grams of carbs and a unique combination of sugar and protein. Interested? Ratio Keto-Friendly Dairy Snacks are now available in the yogurt aisle at Walmart. Always consult your physician before starting an eating plan that involves regular consumption of high-fat foods. Castagne, I think is is that someone that we were we were possibly looking at? Like I had a I had a little look at him online, um, and he does look a decent player. He's I think he's a uh, mid twenties, um, mm-hmm. and he's playing in a very attacking 
Atalanta team. So he could be someone that could obviously do a job. Um, obviously, Italian league is a lot different to our league. But um, I think he's also kind of twerked a little bit, saying that um, Tottenham are a decent club and, you know, he's not really sure what his position is at the moment until the season ends. Mm. So that's someone we could possibly, like, look into. Like, I, Aaron's is a funny one because I think he's a decent player. But I think as a Tottenham fan, we should be we should be looking a bit further on. We should be looking at players who are I hate to use this term, but players who will definitely improve the current eleven. Like I, whilst I whilst I like Aurea, I feel like he just isn't the right quality. So we need players to just push us to the next level. Um whether Aaron's is that person, I don't know. Like from what I've seen even Tanganga are right back. Like I don't actually mind him playing there from time to time, but in terms of other prospective sort of right backs, I mean, there's not really that many out there. Like I think Munier was somewhere that we've spoken about, but I think he signed recently for Dortmund. I think mm-hmm. he has, yeah, um, yeah. So and um, that's someone again that's kind of off the radar. I don't know which other names would you guys put in there as well. Who did you, who did you heavily linked with that uh, Yusuf Atal from oh, yeah, yeah, Nice? Yeah. He's looked very, very good. And from what I've seen, I've not really seen too many League One games like that. But from what I've seen, he looks very good going forward, at least. Defensively suspect. But if he uh, carries on Mourinho with the lopsided wing-back tactic and gives Atal that licence to get forward, he could be really dangerous. And another outside shout would maybe be Dumfries from PSV. Oh yeah, I understand he had a pretty good partnership with Bergwijn at PSV. Um, again, I haven't seen him play that much. I've only just seen YouTube clips of him, but I like the look of him, and we could get a good value and good prospect of a player from him. I think. Listen, before we move on to the next one, just because I've seen a couple of shouts about um, Bielsa fancying him, what would you think of Foyth mm-hmm. as the right back, and then we're now? like doing a pendulum thing. So fourth could be a bit more of a defensive one, the way Davies does it. And then we could play someone like Sess at left back for certain games. Like if, if we're playing like a, like a weaker right side or something. I love that option. Yeah. I'm just going to say yeah. that. Tanganga as well. I think you yeah, don't sleep on, on fourth and Tanganga. I think um, it's, I get why everybody wants someone who can like improve sort of like who starts and who's, who's the first team right back. But I think as well, one of the things we need to improve is just like the consistency at right back. Because I think that's one of Aurea's main problems. It's not that he's not good. It's just that he's not always consistent. He does have those mistakes in there. But yeah. maybe if Foyf and Tanganga get a bit more game time, they can be a bit more consistent and we won't have that issue about whether or not they're good enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, we got a big question from a whole lot of Rafi. He says, the way Jose is banking on Europa League is slightly worrying for me. Is our squad that bad that we can't get the Champions League through the league? So that's part one. And part two, do you think next season could be Kane's last if he doesn't see any significant progress? So we'll start with the Europa League one. Um, just to touch on that quickly. And this, uh, no, no offence, Rafi. I do hope you're listening. Please don't take any offence to this. If you do take offence, my postcode is... I'm joking. Um, <laughs> I, think that, I think we sort of need to chuck ourselves a little bit in terms of like, like yeah, where we want to get to. We want to be back in the Champions League final, 100%. We, we, want, to, we want to win Champions League. You want to win Prems. Of course you do. But we need to remember what we have won 
since Jonathan Woodgate and the League Cup and all that. We haven't won anything. Do you know what I mean? And if the likes of Son is coming out in the media and saying, I want to be in the Europa League, I want to win it. Jose is saying, I want to win it. It's actually nice for a change for a manager to turn around and be like, actually, no, yeah, we, we want to win something. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's not the be-all and end of what we want, but it's a start, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. It, it comes through that momentum thing again. Like, we, we haven't won a cup in so long. Like, I don't think it really matters which one it is. We just need to get the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. Now, throw this one out to the boys. Do you think next season could be Kane's last if he doesn't see significant progress? Well, I wouldn't. First of all, I wouldn't fault him if it was his last because, like, whilst he's been a loyal servant, guy's been a shooter the whole time he's been here. You know, we have probably let him down in terms of his expectations mm. with regards to what we've done in the trophy cabinet but I wouldn't fault him because you know this is a guy coming into the peak of his career who clearly wants to win he is a winner you can clearly tell like you know he drives people he motivates people Um, personally I think if we don't win anything I think he has every right to go but whether or not Don Levy will let him go for X amount of money I don't know but like I wouldn't again fault him purely just because, like, you know, he wants to be winning things. He's the sort of player that clearly is driven by the ability to possibly win things, to be able to play at the highest level, to score goals at the, you know, the highest possible levels. So, you know, next season with everything that's happened with the new stadium and everything, if we don't win anything, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if someone came in or if he maybe had started to push closer towards the door. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, we we got what, any other any other um any other thoughts on that one? I think to, I mean you covered that quite well to be honest. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I agree. Only only thing I would add to it is I think sometimes like I, I get the feeling that Kane might be motivated as well by getting that success at Tottenham. I think sometimes we miss that, but I don't know. I don't know if it's just the success that he wants because if it was that, I feel like he he's had that opportunity to leave like multiple times. Yeah, maybe true. maybe that maybe we've we're just like that could just be sort of like our insecurities about it. Like obviously he's he's our he's our guy. Do you know what I mean? We don't want to lose him. But yeah, I don't know, man. I think maybe maybe he is motivated by being at Tottenham. He could be like that Gerard kind of player or something. Yeah. Mm. You gotta make sure this guy keeps popping out kids, man, because the more kids he has, <laughs> <laughs> man's banging goals. In and out of the bedroom, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, we got uh, one from our boy Sai. He says, with the noise surrounding Levy and all the noise we've seen on Twitter recently, uh, what are your thoughts on him potentially maintaining his role if some sort of takeover does happen? Can his methods be fine-tuned into a bigger budget or do you think he's incapable of adapting? Yeah. Ooh, good questions this week. Very good question. Um, I think personally, I'd be happy for him to stay on because he's always kind of worked without a uh, a bit of a cash injection. And if we were in a scenario where we were actually taken over by someone with oil money and potentially a lot of lawyers as well, I think he <laughs> like there was um, an article, and I will credit them, the Athletic, who said. <coughs> 
the master <laughs> one. And Short he's fire. great in negotiations and probably the best as long as he has leverage. Mm. Obviously, with like a good takeover and we've got a nice financial backing behind us when we're not working to like tight budgets and we do have leverage, I think he's got that Tottenham supporter in him as well to still be able to carry us forward. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll get on to Daniel Levy. Yeah. Just because he's like the face of the owner of Tottenham and he's like the easiest target. But well, who's that actual owner? Is it Joe Lewis? Is that his name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the guy that pumps some money into the club, even though he yeah, doesn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, doesn't do anything else. So if we did get someone to pump money in, Daniel Levy to handle the business side because, like, I've, I've tweeted on the account and on my personal account. I think he's done a magnificent job of running the business. Yeah, absolutely. Someone in just to handle the football side of it in terms of the scouting, in terms of the the intake of players and getting rid of players as well. I have no issues with Daniel Levy saying him. I think he's done a good job. Uh, just to put another perspective on it, I think... So I don't have any issues with Daniel Levy staying on, but I think there can definitely be some question marks about how he would spend a bigger budget. Because I think when we've had bigger budgets in the past, that's when like the mistakes have started to creep in, it feels like. So yeah, that's just something to look out for. But definitely, I agree. Like I, I think he'd... He, he would be amazing. I think he is amazing at the moment still. Like we, he's, he's yeah, like he gets, he gets a lot of grief and, you know, I read that Forbes article that came out earlier in the week and then obviously the Athletic article and, you know, whilst it's so <clears throat> frustrating as a Tottenham fan, you have to give the man credit. You know, he's literally dragged this club with him and we have this amazing stadium, this amazing new complex. You know, we've had this not success in the terms of trophies, but, you know, as a club, we have, you know, we've improved in so many different ways. Um, and I suppose now we kind of just want to make sure that we're moving forward with regards to transfers and recruitment, that we make the right decisions. Because clearly on the business side of things, he's doing the right things. You know, Tottenham are, are now becoming a profitable football club where we generate, we actually generate, you know, revenue, uh, yeah, if not the like, biggest, you know, so... He's done so many amazing things and you can't fault him for that. But you always, as a Tottenham fan, as a football fan, you just have to be like, oh, it's frustrating because you want him to just, just to release the shackles a little bit so that we can thrive, you know? I think just to pretty much summarise what you said, I think it's balance. I think you, we are, because I think the, the Enic out and Levy out gang, all them lot, I think it's, it doesn't have to be one or the other. Like you can appreciate what man has done and still be frustrated with times he's come up short. So the little change that we needed to get Grealish over the line, the little change we needed to get Mane, you know what I mean? There's, there's signings there that, yeah, it's, you know, there's, a, and I think there's something I was reading, I, don't, I can't remember whose thread it was. I honestly would credit you if I could remember. But I think they were talking about um, some of the signings Poch wanted, and we ended up with the Nkudus and the, and the NGs. You know what I mean? That's all easy, isn't it? Who? Yeah, that is. Yeah, who is that? Man, used there. to buy that guy every year. The same <laughs> guy, bro. Bro, remember that one assist yeah, that Nkudu got against Fulham for weeks ago? Oh, like, Harry Wings. Nkudu yeah, must have been. Oh, I'm still here or something like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it's it's one of those ones. I think people that all any can't leave you. And he's just that look. Pre where we were in it. Do you know what I mean? Pre where we were. Through where we are now, but I'm not saying be 100% happy, but it's like balance, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, I want to try and combine two questions here one from who is Quam and one from I think it's Decoy LDN. 
and the general gist is um, is how far can Jose take us and is he a better option than Poch was to try and use those two together? I think for me, he's like the necessary evil right now. Like, I wouldn't say he's better than Poch was. And I mean, like, if things don't go amazing, I wouldn't even be too opposed to Poch coming back. Like, maybe he's cleared his head now. We can get, get another, another sort of run out of him. But I mean, in terms of Mourinho right now, I just think he was, he's the necessary evil. He can take us a bit further by just giving us that extra edge. Like he said, I think he's hit the nail on, on, right on the head when he talked about sort of adding that, that side to your game, like just becoming cunts, just, just having that edge. Like, and I think that, that was the difference in the Battle of the Bridge. Like we spoke about that being like one of the best games in Vertonghen's career and, and how much that meant to us as fans. And in a lot of games where we play badly, I do think that's one of the things that is missing. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. I think he, he can definitely take us far at this current moment. I wanted to get your, um, your guys' opinions. Do you think Jose is playing like this because he just has to do what it, what it takes to get the points coming in halfway through a season? And we'll see something a bit different with the next season, or do you think this is just what to expect under Mourinho? I, f- I feel like he's very pragmatic. Like I, I, I always think back to the first game when he came back. I mean, when, yeah, when he when he joined, like against West Ham, obviously it, was, yeah. it ended three two, so it wasn't perfect. But I just felt like we were a lot more expansive in that game, and yeah, it probably think, went a bit downhill from there. Yeah, I think uh, I don't know. Because he did say before, when we still had Poch, I remember he said on Sky Sports Society that he, he will have to adapt and stuff. Mm. I think generally speaking, I still, accept, I still expect pragmatism, mm. but I expect better pragmatism. You know, I know, mm. I know people feel a certain way about XG and however it's interpreted and stuff, but our XG, Palace's XG against us was 1.1. Scary. Well, ours against theirs was 0.3. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> scary, scary. This is flipping a team with Christian Benteke up top has more than tripled our XG in one game. That is scary. Yeah, that is crazy. Like, Bournemouth had how much of the ball against us? That is scary. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, I don't mind being defensive and playing on a break if we're very good at the defensive. That's 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 all I ask for. Do you know what I'm saying? And maybe maybe that's where Ledley's going to come in and be barking them orders and drilling it into like our centre backs and whoever's in front of them to, to protect them. So. It's just whatever we're doing now, if it's getting results, I can't really complain, but it has to be better because we can't keep outperforming our XG because it actually always catches up with you no matter what you think of it. Yeah, yeah. it's true. It it's up. true. Uh, da, 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 who else we got? We got, okay, we got one from Just J093. He says, who's there? He says, how many additions do we need to have the proper squad depth to compete in Europa and league? Uh, in in my honest opinion, I think we need four. Well, definitely three. But if we can get four, that would be amazing. I think if it's four, we need two fullbacks. We need a DM and we need a backup striker. But if it's three, it's a backup striker, a DM and another left back in my opinion. To expand on the question, so Nikki, De- Nikki Depressed, you asked three questions. I'm going to take the middle one because you kind of answered the other two. What type of signings do you think can be made to improve the squad? So obviously we mentioned a couple of right-back options. 
got potentially Hoibieg, depending on what KWP wants to do. Is there any other sort of type of signings you man would 100% want? Um, we were talking about like backup for striker. What do you guys think of Callum Wilson? I think he's quite limited. Mm. As an all-round player, it's the striker he's good at obviously getting in behind and scoring. But if it was if it was a toss-up between Josh King and Callum Wilson, I don't know how or what fee Bournemouth would quote us for Josh King compared to the heavily rumoured ten million for Callum Wilson. But I heard as well, I think Callum Wilson's had back-to-back ACL injuries as well. He has, yeah. He has, yeah. He's... That'll be a risky move. Um, yeah, like, I I totally agree with you. Like, if it was me, I'd be more inclined to pick Josh King. I feel like Josh King, in a weird way, he's more like Lorente as opposed to closer to Kane, if you know what I mean. Because he's a bit tall. He can probably hold up, hold up the ball a bit better. He's decent on the ball. Like, you don't often see him really getting in behind, but he, he is a bit of a hassle for defenders. And he has played in, in, in the Premier League. So, like, he does, he does have, like, you would say the know-how. And he's an international um, for Norway as well. So, this is someone that I think will probably be a decent addition. I don't think he's that old either. Um, I would prefer Josh King over Callum Wilson. I feel that the ACL situation is something to always kind of worry about. Mm-hmm. But it's weird, like, the goals of him have properly dried up in, like, the last sort of yeah. six to eight months as well. Um, and then if we're thinking about someone on the other side, like, I think Parrot's still young. So I think getting him on loan, out on loan would be good. But someone I've mentioned before, like, I mean, I properly, properly have stocks in, on, in, Ollie, in Ollie Watkins. Yes. Like, I, mm-hmm. I properly believe this is a player that, whilst I'm not going to say he's a brilliant player, but he's a very, you can clearly tell he's a very hungry, young, good player. And I feel like to have him to be hungry as like a backup, learning off Kane with mm-hmm. that internationals in the squad, with Mourinho sort of helping him. And as I said yesterday, like with a buyout clause for only 18 million, for someone who was bought, I think for one point something million, I mean, would be... I think would be a decent option to go forward and also thinking about the future as well because, you know, we know how Don Levi loves to move with his buy-in for profit, you know, so... Mm. Yeah, I mean, I know um, beggars can't be choosers as well, but I was thinking ideally if we could sign a backup forward that can ideally play out wide as maybe even an inside forward as well. I think it was probably your show, Ohio, where you said Memphis Depay. Mm-hmm. I think that's um, a quality. He's a quality player, and I think it's a viable signing for us as well. Did he yeah. play under Mourinho at United? The player? He no, he played under Van Hall. Van Hall. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, played under Van Hall. He's only twenty six, and like he's if he's not playing, Holland don't play. Do you know what I mean? True, like, true, true. Everything true. goes. Yeah, like, I like I like that shot a lot. He's shot. coming off quite a peak injury in his defence, but he's. From what I've been hearing, he just he looks mad, mad hungry, and like he he is the main man at Leon. Like we, and you can never have too much sauce in the team, man. I don't, no, I don't. Mind. Never too much sauce. <laughs> like, come on, if he, come on, if he wants to, if he wants to go make some videos of Heady One and RV in the meantime. <laughs> find some goals in between. It's, I can see the pie featuring Heady and RV. It's calm, bro. I'm pretty sure Holland played a kind of uh, chilled counter-attacking kind of system as well. So, I mean, that would really suit Mourinho. 
Correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't seen Holland that much, but from how they played against us, it looked quite similar. As in, when he played against England. In case there's any Spurs fans that still have this glimmer of hope, because obviously Mourinho's come out and said we need to be looking at free transfers and that kind of stuff. But is any Spurs fan that thinks we're signing a guys like Diego Costa or guys like Edison Cavani? <laughs> Yeah, it's not going to happen, big man. It's just happen. on the wages alone, it's just like a no. I not mean, I know, I know we earn decent wages. They earn decent wages now, and there's like a decent bonus structure and stuff. But just yeah. the base wage alone is enough to be like these are players that are we just have to accept are not in our. Mind you, though, like in in these like these unprecedented times, you think <laughs> are these kind of players? <laughs> Listen. Listen, Ozil's added 350 and he hasn't even touched pitch the whole time. <laughs> None of these 33 year olds are going to come and earn half and be busting a gut for Mourinho. <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like, who's, because who's going to sign another one of those guys? Like, who's, who is going to sign Cavani for 350 grand a week right now? Mad. Do you get what I mean? Like, he, he, that, that pay cut might be destined right now in this, in this, <laughs> in these unprecedented times, you know? Boy. Just on just on the topic of strikers, uh, Chase Spurs free. We can't. We've kind of mentioned Parrot a little bit. Mm. Um, thoughts on Parrot getting loaned to Millwall? Did anybody see him going going anywhere else? Because I thought that we might have used him. To, he could have gone on loan to Bournemouth when we get one of their boys, but I don't think it's going to happen now. Mm. Um, I think I read earlier on. I think Robbie Keane went to went to Millwall when he was when he was young. Um, and Robbie Keane is involved in the coaching staff um, at Ireland and he's always spoken quite positively about Troy Parrott so I think maybe that's been something that's been said maybe that he's been in, in his ear because funnily enough Harry Kane's also been there as well Yeah. Um, so maybe Parrott can yeah. also maybe ask Kane about that uh, the fact that it's somewhere he's probably just became a bit hardened um, you know playing men's pro football um, at a decent sort of level and I, th- I think for him it would be good like everyone seems to be speaking quite positively about Parrot, and I feel like he just needs to be getting playing once he gets once he gets playing and starts getting confidence you know similar to like Brewster who's at Swansea you know mm. he's playing regularly playing men's football and he's scoring goals and that sort of builds confidence and that kind of like builds you as a player you know for later on in your career so I don't think that would be a bad thing like how old is Parrot? 18, 19, I think. So, 18, yeah. yeah, so it would be I think it would be decent. Um and, and it's still in London as well, so it's not as if he's yeah, he's moving too far away as well, you know. Yeah, that does say that if we are loading Parrot out, we are getting another striker in. We have to be, yes. have to be, I would I would hate to see what, what Mourinho does if we don't. Uh, I'm oh, yeah, the press conferences would be very, very interesting, but I'd, I'd be shook to just see what Jose does. Um, like, no, go on. Oh, are, are, are we all like agreed on Koiberg? Because I think we need him. I really do. Like, we need that option a hundred percent. Like, yeah. like without a competent player in that position, and obviously how competent he is, and the fee we seem to be getting him for it looks like a good deal all round to be honest mm-hmm. I think um, like as the more games we can get without Sissoko being like necessary as opposed to like chosen I think yeah. it, it would be a good thing because at the moment <clears throat> I think yeah in some games it looks like he's stealing a living like obviously some games he does he does a necessary job 
But in other yeah. games, it does feel like he's still in a living, like running away from the ball. He doesn't he doesn't want the ball passed to him and things like that. Like it kind of shows him on the pitch. Um, yeah, I just think with this Hoiberg guy, I'm I'm not really so tied up to the player. It's just more having another option in midfield. I think that's what, yeah. what I'm thinking about. Yeah. Mm. You know, someone who wants to play at defensive midfield or someone who's happy to screen mm. and help the defenders, but someone who's also sort of technically proficient, is happy to take the ball on, is happy to try and progress the play, is happy to even try to get forward and score. Um, again, you know, we speak about it, but this is a guy who's an international, he's been captain as well, yeah. Premier League club and an international level. So this is someone who could definitely improve us, mm-hmm. if not take us to the next level, but definitely improve us and give us more of an option. Like Sissoko as like an option is so it's it's hard to watch sometimes, to be honest. And then the last one, um, yeah. Now, to be fair, most of the questions have been very similar to one another. The last one is quite different, which I think we're all probably going to agree on in a sense. From um, Fuad Kadani, thoughts on Larissa's turnaround in form. Since restart, big up. Positive. He's behind Jose's uh, Jose's style of man management as well, isn't he? Like he seems to have really embodied that and shown for the first time that I've ever seen him actually like being a very vocal captain and mm-hmm. being like what's traditionally known in like the Premier League as the captain who actually just shouts at people all the time and all these people around, but in an organised in an organised fashion and pulls people out on their BS and obviously he's been performing well as a goalkeeper anyway. I think obviously our play style suits his style of goalkeeping as well. Like you see him make a lot of errors when he rushes out. Yeah, he's not a sweeper. Someone gets in behind the high line or when he's like trying to pirouette on the ball. Like even in the World Cup final, <laughs> it's either the goal like that. Um, so yeah, I think overall Jose Mourinho style suits him. Obviously, tactically on the pitch and his man management style as well. Just seen a big upturn in form in him, especially since the restart. Mm-hmm. It's done our club a big, big favour because last summer I was saying a goalkeeper has to be one of our main positions. Like, I wasn't happy with Gazaniga. Yeah. Like, he's a very good looking boy, isn't it? But he's not a great goalkeeper. And Lloris, I thought he was just declining, isn't it? He's in his early 30s now. And I was yeah. like, we need to prioritise a goalkeeper. That's on top of a striker and a DM and a right back and a left back and attacking midfield. <laughs> so it's basically like replacing all the squads. So if Lloris can keep this form up for another two years, then we, we thank God. Just, um, that's all on the questions. I just had two quick things from me. One, um, I read something the other day, um, about probably yesterday too, about Vertonghen. The winner against Wolves, right, when you deep it, we beat we are we are sick from goal difference compared to Wolves, so I think that's probably the perfect ending. That's a perfect yeah. present from Vitonga because that doesn't go in with we're seventh and then Arsenal yeah. probably win the FA Cup. You know the, it's crazy when you think crazy. about that. No. Exactly. And then another another thing someone else said. Um, I think I think someone said something on the lines of you know when Ledley left, we were looking for like a Ledley replacement, and I think Vitonga got as close to that as you possibly could. And now the Tongans go in and Delhi's come back. It just sort of, it all just fits fairly, yeah. fairly nicely. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, like it's true, it's true. And then, um, some full circle. Yeah, man. And then, absolute last thing for me, obviously, the, um, the, the Athletic are publishing top 60 greatest Premier League players ever. 
So I'm just wondering from you boys, obviously you've got posts on your account, but who who do you think are like absolute shoe-ins and then potential outside Wait, or former players? Top 60 players of Premier League history of all time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. number 60 okay. today was Les Ferdinand, who obviously is more of a Newcastle legend than Tottenham legend. But like I said from the account, him and Clinton um, aren't doing their taking, we get relegated in 98. So, mm. I'll tell Les Ferdinand. But yeah, who do you man think are like shoe-ins and then maybe outside shots, like former, former players? Well, definitely the Centurions. So, Kane, mm-hmm. Defoe. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll, I yeah, think purely, purely yeah, because of his, yeah, of his PFA winner, I think he would have to put Bale in there. Yeah, you'd have to. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think that Michael Carrick might be in there. That's a good shot. Yeah, he might be in there more as a Man United, as a United player. Yeah, he, he won a lot as a as United player, didn't he? Yeah, yeah literally. Oh. I think he was the only signing that year, and then they won, they won the league, and then Champions League the year after, or the league and Champions League the same year, or something like that. Wow. He was the only signing that year. Like he was nuts. Um, I think. What do you think? Yeah, Berbatov. Yeah, outside shout for me. But. Yeah, and then um, maybe Klinsman. Do you think Klinsman might be in there? Would he be above Ferdinand, do you reckon? No, well, I, I, don't don't know. I know he would be I for th- us. I think for, for the culture, I think he, he, he could be. But if you're looking at that sort of list, there's going to be a lot of people will put in there, not just for nostalgia, but more for like, what they've achieved in the Premier League, really. Mm. Yeah, no, I think it's definitely going to be a combination of both. So what about um, Ledley? Ledley, <laughs> you know what? For, I mean, Jamie Carragher is number 59, so... If Carragher's in there... Carragher's there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but, like, isn't, isn't, but isn't he, like, the most, like, appearance maker ever? For Liverpool, he, he turned he's, up. He's second, <laughs> he's second highest own goals. That's what he is. <laughs> participation awards there for most of them. Spitting at little children, bro. <laughs> oh, jeez. And then for the for the record, uh, Carlos Tevez was number fifty-eight. So crazy. Yeah. So no, Defoe has to be in there, man. Like love that guy, man. Yeah. Oh, that guy. Nuts, bro. But yeah, that's that's all from my end still. All right, guys, so because we missed predictions last week, should we end it on a prediction for the final? The, yeah, um... yeah, yeah. Fuck him. That's what it is. Because <laughs> <laughs> Sai's not here, that's it. Because <laughs> uh, Sai's not here, fuck him, innit? Like... <laughs> that's the energy we need. Love yeah. it. I love it. I think I think I could take it a bit easier from Chelsea fans if they won it because they'll just they'll just not really care. I've only got one Chelsea fan in my main football group chat, like three <laughs> Arsenal fans, like, and it would just it would just be like, oh, our worst ever season, we've got another trophy. You do. Oh, uh, that's the worst part. <laughs> I hate that they pretend that they enjoy the trophies, bro. Nah, they don't, man. They don't like. They don't even like them, bro. They won five and fired their manager, like they don't care about trophies. I don't oh, know why they're doing that. You're you're tenth, like like. Or eight, or whatever, like, kind of. I think a, Ch- a Chelsea win would be easier to stomach, I think. Yeah, that, that that's the only way to really look at it, man. Chelsea win is just better than, than anything. 
it's quite annoying as well because I've got a whole family that supports Spurs apart from my younger brother who supports Arsenal and I'm still convinced he's adopted but yeah <laughs> it'll be definitely easier to stomach from that end as well Chelsea win Alright um, score predictions or uh, okay, I'm gonna say three-one Giroud. Yeah, two-one, <laughs> two-one Giroud winner. Giroud twerking on the plane again, celebrating the trophy. Two-one Giroud winner. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, that's that's. that's Remember that. Yeah. Sissoko finally waited. Ericsson low, great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez, Lucas Moura, and belted into the net. Brilliant goal. On debut, Tunge Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. A great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Support for this episode has been provided by Ratio Keto-Friendly Dairy Snacks. If counting macros makes your head spin, count instead on a snack by Ratio. They've done the math for you, so you can spend less time studying the label and more time enjoying your day. Creamy and delicious, try strawberry and vanilla for two grams of carbs and a unique combination of sugar and protein. Interested? Ratio keto-friendly dairy snacks are now available in the yogurt aisle at Walmart. Always consult your physician before starting an eating plan that involves regular consumption of high-fat foods. Sports Social Podcast Network.